Hello, everybody, and welcome to Practical Wisdom. Season one is focusing on facing the fear of success. I'd like to welcome Ashley Rainsberger, our subconscious growth coach. So, so say hi to everyone. Ashley, how are you doing today? Hey, guys. How is everybody? Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. I'm so glad in the midst of all the things people have going on, you had the time to come in. So I'm really excited about this particular series because um, as a subconscious growth coach, um, I actually have uh, interacted with you some on this topic. And a lot of people are have a lot of different fears that hold them back from being their best self or being a success. And so I'm curious in, in your role as a coach, have you, have you seen that too? Have you seen people, people's fears kind of getting in the way of their success? And if so, how? Oh my gosh, absolutely. <laughs> so what, what I really notice and why I'm so passionate about what I do is that you know, bottom line, when especially like for my audience who who happens to be coaches like me, you know, we're really service driven. We have a real deep passion to serve other people. Um, we're, you know, my clients, my potential clients, the people in my audience are always really smart. That you know, they're brilliant. They have all this drive, and so when they're not succeeding at something, it's not because they don't know how to do it it's because they're not doing it and they're making up all these excuses about why they're not doing it or not taking certain steps. But bottom line is it comes down to a certain fear. It comes down to a fear of being visible in one way or another, especially like as virtual coaches, um, or it comes down to, comes down to really like a fear of rejection because there are actually a lot of people who work online and are really um, visible and who you might think are really successful but they're too afraid to make an offer they're too afraid to invite to a call or they're just too afraid to to do something that feels like well this might be a case in which I might get rejected and so we really we listen to those voices in our head um, that tell us it's it, you know, that gives us all these reasons why we can't or shouldn't do something or why we're different from other people. And then we don't do the things that lead to what we really want. And so we just kind of walk in circles. It's not that we don't know how to do it, that people don't know how in most cases. It's just that we're not doing it because of the fear. So you mentioned um, fear of visibility. And I think there's what I, I've seen is there, there's what everyone thinks of as visibility, which is like standing on stage, right? Hey, and like they're like, I'm afraid of public speaking. But is that all that means to you? Is, is visibility just about being physically present or is there more to being fearing being visible? Yeah, no, it doesn't just mean it doesn't just mean being in front of other people. When I'm, a lot of times when I'm talking about visibility, and I've had to really kind of think about this in my marketing, because I, I know that when I talk about visibility, that's exactly what people think of. But when it comes to being visible, there really are two aspects of it. There, are, there is being visible in front of people, right? And that might mean putting out content online, or it might mean doing a live, or it might mean speaking, or it might mean, you know, just having a one-to-one -one conversation with somebody, which can be really, you know, sometimes it's harder for people than actually getting in front of a group of people. So there's the aspect of visibility where we're in front of other people, and we have to be a little more vulnerable, we have to be willing to ask questions. And then there's the other part of visibility, in which you have to get really visible with yourself, right? And you have to ask yourself 
those inner questions around, well, why am, why am I not experiencing what I want to be experiencing or what I think I should be experiencing right now? Because um, I really encourage my clients to, and, and myself and all the work that I've done is we have to take responsibility for what we've created in our life or what we haven't created in our life. And I think if we're not experiencing what we want to be, we have to ask ourselves, how have I kept myself from it? And that's what it means to really be self-visible. So, but that's interesting. So be responsible for what you've created and what you've not created, right? So there's like kind of two sides to that. Um, and so the, the other one, so I, I love that. And maybe we can dig into the fear of visibility a little again um, in a moment. But you also said there's this fear of, of rejection. And I've, I've heard others talk about um, there's like kind of a couple types of fear. There's this fear of not being worthy, right? There's this fear of not belonging. There's a fear of loss. Um, so there's all of these things that we're essentially worried about, like of, in the future happening. Um, but what is, what is, how does fear of rejection show up for you and your clients? Like, what are you seeing out there? Hmm. <clears throat> I think at the end of the day, when it comes to the subconscious mind and all fear that we experience, you know, as coaches or as just a regular human being, it always comes down to like, I'm not enough. So when, when we're talking about fear visibility, it might mean I'm not enough, you know, as a coach, I'm not enough to, to post content, to give advice to people right? It might be at that level. Or I'm not enough to, to go live and to be on video and to let other people hear me speak and, and, and I'm not worthy of, of being listened to. Or it might mean that, you know, I'm not, I'm not good enough to walk my clients from A to B. I'm not good enough to really serve them and, and help them get the outcome that they want. Um, I'm not good enough to, to have just a one-on-one -on -one conversation. You know, it's sometimes just terrifying to, to get on the call and have the one-on-one -on -one conversation. So it is a fear of like visibility and rejection, but that, that fear of rejection comes from, they're going to reject me because I'm not enough. And it really has nothing to do with what other people think of you. It has everything to do with what you think of yourself. I mean, for example, <laughs> I always like to say, you know, if somebody ever told me that I was a purple giraffe, that wouldn't offend me because I'm not a purple giraffe, right? Like, <laughs> like you can call me a purple giraffe all day long and it's not going to hurt my feelings because I am not a purple giraffe. And I know that to be true about myself. So whenever somebody does call you something or makes you feel uncomfortable or makes you feel small, you have to really turn that inward and ask yourself, well, why does it make me feel small? What do I believe to be true about myself that would allow their words to make me feel this way? Did that answer the question? <laughs> of course. Yeah, it was a very in-depth response. Good. So um, with, with all of those different fears and kind of the I'm not enough, uh, one of the things we really were hoping to um, do a little differently with the practical wisdom um, podcast was being able to give people some practical strategies to overcome these this fear of success. So, and, I'm, and it doesn't really matter to me and whether it's visibility or rejection. Um, just in general, what are some tips or some exercises that you've um, concocted or found or or learned about 
that might help others sort of overcome some of these I'm not enough type fears? Mm -hmm. I, I have a couple things that I think would be really helpful. Um, number one, just on a basic level, start to become really super aware of the way that you're thinking about yourself and the way that you're speaking about yourself. Because you know, I just had a conversation with a client yesterday where she was feeling really frustrated about, you know, I still keep having these thoughts. I still keep having these fears. And it's, it's okay that you do, you know, I've done a ton of mindset work, a ton of like energetic healing, and I still have the negative thoughts. I still, I'm, I, and we're always going to have the fear. What matters is what you do with it. What matters is how you choose to respond. So number one, just start to be aware. Um, when you think something really negative about yourself or when you find yourself speaking something really negative and just allow yourself to choose again, allow yourself. That's something that Gabrielle Bernstein talks about. Just allow yourself to, to choose a new thought, allow yourself to pause and reflect and choose something different to, to say about yourself. Um, the other thing that I think is super helpful because oftentimes like what fear does is it just clogs our mind with just so much chaos. And what we end up doing is just spinning in, in emotional circles. And we don't ever take that, that energy and do anything with it. Um, so it's, it's just exhausting. And if instead, we would take time to just sit down and write out a list of the fears, write out a, a list of the things that you are worrying about right now. And it can be something huge and impossible like world hunger. I know like I find myself worrying about that at three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> or it can be something, um, something very specific, you know, in your business. If you're working on creating client, you don't know when your next client is going to come. Take a moment and write down all the fears and all the worries that you're currently experiencing. Go back through that list and cross off all the ones that you can't do anything about. <laughs> like world hunger, for example, I could make a donation, right? But beyond that, like I'm not, I'm not able to solve that on my own. That's not something that is serving me to hold on to. So I'm going to cross that off and I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm just going to say, I let that go. And that's really energetically very healing for you to just recognize that and let it go. For, for all the other things that you can do something about, that you do have control over, just write down one tiny action step right next to that item. And just allow yourself to recognize, hey, I actually do have control. There actually is something to do. Um, what is the very next best smallest thing that I can do to move closer to my goal and just kind of relieve that fear and that anxiety that that I'm experiencing. Yeah, I love that one. I know I recently went to one of the was it the um I'm joke let it go was the song right from the first frozen. Yeah. yeah. But but what I really loved was actually the second frozen movie and it talked a whole lot about what what's the next best step, right? What's the next right step? Yeah. You don't necessarily, and that's for our little kids, but it's good for us as adults to look at. We don't have to solve all the things. Mm. Just look at solving the thing that you have right in front of you right now. Yes. And I think that, I mean, we talk about, you know, what are some options for facing the fear of success or how do we get toward that? But that might seem like too big. Mm. And so instead of like, how do I become a success? How do I get the next client? How do I do all that? Um, a friend of mine calls them lead indicators versus lag indicators. 
Mm-hmm. It's like a lag indicator is you want to lose 60 pounds and you go on the scale and you look at it every day. But the lead indicator is that you walked, that you ate a healthy food, mm-hmm. that you drank water. And so maybe that there's an opportunity to, if you find yourself in fear for the big task ahead, mm-hmm. that just identify one lead indicator that yeah. you can look at and that's your next right step. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, just mm-hmm. the next one. I think that's such an important point um, because what we all do is we get so attached to this big picture of where we're supposed to be. Um, a lot of times, like when I'm talking about coaching um, and I just shared this visual the other day, but I, I think that coaches live in three places. They live in not, not enough land. They live in a really good place to be land or they live in, you know, coaching dreamland. And a lot of us are trying to move from not enough land all the way over to dreamland. And we're, we're forgetting the place in between that we have to get to first, which is just a really good place to be. And in order to get to a really good place to be, which isn't everything you want, but it's a lot better than where you are, in order to get to that place, we have to be willing to take the action through the fear. We just have to be willing to do one step at a time and let go of that big picture and just ask myself, how can I get a little closer? Yeah, I love that. I remember one thing. So um, one of our daughters has some challenges um, being on the spectrum and um, sometimes you can feel a bit overwhelming um, with all of the things that she has to do and she has to learn. But what we really, we really focus on is just what, what is the skill right now that we can teach her? And her life is better because she can type now, Mm. but she still can't write. Does that mean she's failed? Well, no, the goal was to communicate. Yeah. The goal wasn't to write. The goal was to be able to express herself. And so we all, we often say in our home that it's not about getting over the fear. It's about Mm. being brave and doing it scared yeah. because you're going to have to do it anyway. And so um, oftentimes I say she's my hero because I mean, everything she's does almost every day is terrifying mm-hmm. and every single day she does it anyway. And not to get to this dreamland of a perfect kid that is going to do all the things that we always thought she would do when she was in my tummy, but to get to a place where, it's a good place to be, right? Mm-hmm. It's a good and we place get to, to decide. Be. Like we yeah. get to decide what is that really good place and what is that dreamland, you know? Like you get to pick. You are the boss. This is your life. This is your rules. You know, letting go of of comparing ourselves to everybody else because we are all so unique and special. And so we get to choose what that really good place is. Now that's an interesting comment. So letting go of comparing yourself to others. That's easy to say. So I wanted, I just want to kind of come back to it because um, this is practical wisdom versus, you know, ethereal or something like that. What's a, like, what's some opportunity or some step or the next step you can take to do that? Because I find myself very easily getting into that trap of, you know, like, well, Ashley's got this hugely successful practice or um, she, you know, she's look how clean her house is and she has kids at home too. (laughs) You know, like all of those kinds of things where, you know, we say we compare and despair. 
but is, is there something actionable that we can go, okay, I recognized I was doing that. Now what? Mm. You know, I don't think that there's an exercise that helps with that, but what I always try to remember is to have empathy for people because you get to see everything that you get to see, everything that I choose to put out, right? But you don't get to see what I don't choose to put out. You don't get to see the rest of my life. And I try to remember that, like, because I'll have, I'll have a syndrome when it, comparison syndrome when it comes to my mentors and I'll think, oh, what will they think about what I write or what will they think about what I post or what I'm doing or what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, like we have all been through something. Like even if you had a pretty good childhood, which honestly, a lot of people are traumatized in some way or another, even if you had a pretty good life, like being human is just traumatizing. Just living on this planet is a really hard thing to do. Um, One of my favorite entrepreneurs, uh, Nick Peterson, he says that you can't give birth to an adult. And so you have to really remember, what am I comparing myself to? Am I comparing to myself? Am I comparing my journey to somebody else who's been on the same journey for 10 years longer than I have? You know what I mean? So, and, and even then, even if you're at the exact same place in the journey that you're on, you have not experienced the same things. You don't have the same circumstances. And you may get to see the really happy part of our life, um, of someone's life, but you don't get to see the really, really hard part because as humans, we, we, we fear putting that out there. We fear being really vulnerable. We fear being really honest. So you're seeing a lot, but just remember that there's a lot that you're not seeing. Yeah, I think that's um, more than fair. I, I remember... Um, when a couple of people that I'd worked with for a very long time um, found out my daughter was on the spectrum and they're like, we would have never known. You mm-hmm. seem like you have the world by the balls and you have yes. everything together. And I'm like, awesome. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm barely holding on, but thanks a lot, guys. Um, one exercise I've tried and it may not work for everyone is um, when I catch myself comparing myself to others, um, if I can't do it at that moment, later what I'll do is I'll write down my now, who I'm being now, and then who I want to be showing up as, right? Yeah. And then the gap becomes the action I can take. Mm. And so it makes me feel that there's an active way to shift from the yeah. being that I'm, that I'm in that I don't love maybe at that moment to that action that I do. And so for example, which because we used earlier, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just love how clean your house always looks. Maybe I'm feeling like badly because I think that I should have a cleaner house or I really or I really want one. Not not I don't like the shame game, but mm-hmm. well the gap is cleaning up something. Yeah. I mean, it's super simple, but instead of all this shame and what do I do and I can never be, well I might not be like you, but if I, my aspire to be like the new me, and that means that, you know, I don't have laundry on the bed everywhere, then I can take an action. Uh, but I try to shift it out of that perspective of the envy of the other person mm-hmm. and bring it back to, well, why are you, why are you in that place then? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's like self-reflection. Like why instead of, because a lot of times what we'll do is we'll put it on the other person. Like, oh, why are they so awesome? And blah, blah, blah. Even though I'm over here thinking like, oh my God, I have a bunch of laundry on my dresser or which I don't right now, but normally I do. (laughs) But, but a lot of times we put it on the other person and instead what's really helpful is like you said like what why is this causing me to feel a certain way like what's what about this is triggering me well it's triggering you because it's something that you want so you're right like you just get to take like a simple action um and then you have it and it's instead of just letting it be the story that plays over and over yeah because i mean another thing i with the comparing yourself to others which is i was i guess maybe i'm getting older or wiser but i I remember always like looking at people of certain reason I'm comparing and like, Oh my gosh, she's so thin or mm-hmm. she's so young or she's so this or she's so that. And when I started doing this me to the aspiration of me, what I found out was I didn't even want to be that mm-hmm. thing. And that was a, that was actually a pretty big surprise for me because I thought I was, I was very, in tune and that I was very empathetic and I always gave people a good shake. Um, but I was actually comparing myself to a person that I didn't want that, that skill. I didn't want that attribute. I didn't want to be that way. And so then I did have to kind of step back and go, Hmm, you know, that's not, that's a jealousy thing. What, what are you actually jealous of? Which became something different than, than the fear conversation. But I, I think there's always that opportunity to with the very first thing you said was step one of getting out of fear is to become super aware of what you're saying or thinking about yourself. And I think maybe number two is considering what you're saying or thinking about others that you want checking in and seeing if you really do, you know, Yes, because there's a big difference between what I actually want and what I think I should have because of, again, everybody around us. We have to be careful of like those, well, I should have this and I should have that because Sally down the street has it or whatever. Um, and that just goes back to comparison syndrome and it's not actually what we, what we truly desire. So it becomes important then to get really connected with, no, what do I really want? Like yeah. what I want is okay. Yeah, and I, wanna, I, love, I love that you brought it up because the one thing I talk about a lot, probably because it makes me laugh is, like we really do have to quit shooting on ourselves and others. I mean, there's no should mm-hmm. you just do or you don't. Right. It's like, exactly. um, I think my, my mom was really amazing cook. She's an amazing cook. So all my life I thought I should make breakfast. I should make this healthy lunch. I should make dinner. This thing. I hate to cook though. I hate to cook. Mm-hmm. I have no desire whatsoever to mm-hmm. do anything in the kitchen. My husband on the other hand loves to cook loves it mm-hmm. but for years we've been married 20 years for years i'm like and they're all right picked <laughs> off right making this food and he's like thinking gosh i could just make it you jerk right and we're doing all of this dance and when i finally stopped shooting on myself and said well i don't like this and he does hmm what can we do about that so it was, it was interesting so I definitely one way to move from stuck to success through fear is um, examining your shoulds and yeah. seeing if they are. Yes, because we don't want to end up like at the end of that with a whole life around everything we thought we should do and not around anything that we actually wanted. And that's what happens when you don't get really clear with, you know, what do I actually want? How do I actually feel? What actually matters to me? 
Awesome. I love it. So um, basically what I've heard us kind of go through is there's kind of two reasons that we have fear of visibility, right? As being in front of people and then um, self-visibility, which I think is really insightful, kind of the I'm not enough and I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. And then there were a bunch of practical tips you gave, you know, start with awareness um, and then allowing a new thought, which is mm-hmm. super beautiful. I think for we forget to give ourselves permission a lot. Yeah. Um, and then sit and write out your fears um, and then cross out the ones you literally can't do anything about. Yeah. yeah <laughs> um, stop carrying around. Stop that. Um, and th- just let, letting go of comparing yourself to others. There's a lot of other nuggets in there. Um, was there anything else you wanted to make sure that we really addressed about overcoming um, fear of success or overcoming your fear so you can move in the direction that you want to move into? Hmm. I think just just be really aware of like what actual success looks like to you. Because again, it's, it's going to look very different for you than it looks like for another person. And maybe once you get really clear around what that actually looks like, like what the big picture of success is, it's probably going to feel a lot less scary because it's not what, what you think that other people are experiencing. Um, because I really think of success as, okay, maybe I'm making a certain amount of money but it's not really fun to experience that money unless I'm also experiencing a really high amount of joy. And so success to me is not just financial, it's the way that you feel internally. So we're not just working towards things and towards money and towards houses and cars, but we're working towards, you know, how do I wanna feel? What kind of impact do I wanna have? And in order to get there, what kind of work do I need to do on myself so that you know, experiencing that isn't scary. It actually is a really awesome place to be. That, that is such a great point. And I'm glad that you touched on it before we wrapped up because um, I found the kind of the beginning of changing my thoughts was when I started redefining everything. Um, yeah. And one of the first places I started with was the idea of success. And I was, I was trying to aspire to a level of success that my 19 year old self wanted, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm in my forties now and I have four children. I have this different life. And of course it was scary to try to achieve being the next CTO by the age of 30. Cause a, I was already past that B that's a lot of work and, mm-hmm. and I didn't actually want it anymore. Yeah. So it was scary, right? It, it was completely petrifying because it was, Oh, how do I get to this thing? that I haven't, I have never even defined the first time. (laughs) And so I was like, well, what does success look like? Similar to what you said. And and I found, um, I found my own definition and then wonderful surprise. uh, I found I was already there, which was a really cool. That is so awesome. Yeah. So it's definitely a great, great thing. So thank you so much for spending time with us today on Practical Wisdom. You've given us so many actionable steps to help us break through the fear and move toward Uh, what we define as success. So I appreciate your time and I look forward to talking to you again soon, Ashley. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for, for letting me be here. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.